All right, let's do this. Let's give our seniors another round of applause. Come on. That was amazing. So seniors, just want to say, again, I love you guys so much. I know that like more than half of you are not leaving us. And I just want to say how grateful I am for your contribution to Chi Alpha. Kept hearing this resounding theme throughout their speeches of how much they gave to Chi Alpha. And it's true. Like They really gave their lives for the mission on the campus. And there's huge rewards for that in the sense that they've been able to see students come up in the faith behind them. And I think that's the coolest thing for a senior to be able to leave a legacy where there's people behind them that are going to carry on uh, just, the, or just the mission. So I just think that's amazing, just thinking through those seniors and just their investment into other students. So I just want to take a second before I jump in and just celebrate some of the things that God has done. So the first thing I want to celebrate, I love water baptisms, and 13 students got baptized in water this year. So let's give God a clap for that. Um, over the last two years since Simon and I have come to campus, we've gotten to baptize 35 students in water. Because that first year was like crazy, but it's just amazing what God has done with that. Uh, there's been somewhere around like 50 students who have given their hearts to Jesus. Some of you a couple times on Tuesday nights, but that's okay. Just, you know, racks up the numbers. I'm kidding. That's not what it's about. But uh, there's been somewhere around 50. I don't know for sure because there are repeats. But let's give God a clap for that if people have given their hearts to Jesus. Um, and something else that was cool is, uh, well, two things. We navigated a presidential election this year, and we stayed together as a ministry. That was pretty cool. I was thinking back about that. Like, that was so testy. That was like a really hard time to be a pastor, uh, just everyone debating all that stuff. But hey, we held together. There wasn't too many political debates in this group. So let's celebrate that, that we made it through the 2016 presidential election. Come on. And there's not going to be another one this year. Praise God for that. I did not enjoy that. All right. And then something else I want to celebrate is we moved into Lang Auditorium, and we're making it. The soundboard works now. Praise God. Come on. Let's give God a clap. All right. So that's some of the highlights. And as we look into next year, the thing I love, and I bug Brian, the dude who's up in the sound booth a lot of times, about the reservations for Lang, because there's some nights we couldn't get it. And for the next two years, we have Lang every single Tuesday night. So we're going to be here. We're going to be here for a long time. I told Brian, hey, you're not getting rid of me. I'm going to be here for a while. So I'm excited to actually be here the whole year next year. I'm very excited about that. But uh, so, so far for Future Looks Good, if you want to throw the slide up, we've had two sermons. The first one was about our calling. I said our calling is to light up our campus with the love of God. Come on, that's pretty cool. Bring people from darkness to light. And then the second week, I talked about how we can complete that calling. And I said we'll complete it if we commit ourselves to long obedience in the same direction. So we keep doing the right things over and over and over again. God is going to help us complete that calling, okay? And now this week, I'm going to talk about how our calling is an everyday calling. It's a calling that we have to com or commit to each and every day. So the first message was from Luke chapter 1. The second message was from Luke chapter 2. And you may guess it, tonight is from Luke chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 3. We're going to be verses 3 through 9. Um, most of you don't have your Bibles because I put it up on the screen for you. I got to quit doing that. All right, verse 3 is what it says. All right, we're talking, this is John the Baptist they're talking about. It says, And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So repentance simply means that you confess your sins and then you reject them. It's not just confess. It's not just, oh, I screwed up. It's you reject your sins as well. You say, I'm going to move away from that. Verse 4, it says, As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. So he's talking about John the Baptist. Isaiah is prophesying about John the Baptist, and they're saying that here. They're saying that's what it meant. 
Verse 5 says, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So John's calling was to prepare the way for Jesus. Verse 7, he said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him. And you might not think this is the most encouraging thing to share with you on the last week of Chi Alpha, but this is what John says. He's a fiery preacher. He says, you brood of vipers. I'm not calling you guys vipers, okay? But anyways, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? So although John was no doubt pleased that people were repenting and, and uh, just repenting of their sins, John questioned their motives. He said, are you repenting because you're genuinely repentant? Or are you repenting because you want to get out a hell free card? Okay, some of us have done that. We're like, oh crap, there might be a hell. I'm just going to raise my hand, be safe. I'm going to pray that prayer, get my card, and go. John thought they might have been doing that. And how many in our culture are guilty of doing that? Just praying a prayer of salvation just so we don't have to face God's wrath. John says, so what John would think and what I think is heaven is not for, or so heaven's not a place for people who fear hell. Heaven's a place for people who love Jesus. And if you're repenting just because you fear hell, then I would probably argue with you or contend with you that you may not be a follower of Jesus because followers of Jesus actually love him and they want to be with him. All right, verse 8. He says, Bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to, to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the wax, or the axe, not the wax, is laid to the, or to the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. So he says, instead of just doing this religious ritual of baptism so you can flee God's wrath, instead of that, have relationship with God that is marked by fruit. Instead of relying on your religious heritage or yesterday's experiences, have intimacy with God today. Instead of praying a prayer at Chi Alpha or church and then living the same way, bear fruit by keeping with your repentance, by continuing to confess and reject your sin. So the main idea tonight is this. We cannot rely on yesterday's experiences or our religious heritage, but are called to have an everyday relationship with God. Part three, an everyday calling. That's the title tonight. So let's pray really quick because we've got to keep moving. Jesus, I th- thank you for tonight. I thank you that the students are still awake. I know they're getting tired. God, help me to get through this as fast as I can so we can go to beat-ups. And God, not only that, please have the word penetrate to our hearts. It's not just about getting through it. God, I pray that, that your spirit would just speak to us tonight and that there be a demonstration of your power in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving right to the first point. Let's get it. We cannot rely on or on yesterday's experiences, or our religious heritage. So whenever you read a passage in the scriptures, you have to consider the audience that the writer, or the speaker, or the preacher is addressing. So John, he's specifically addressing Jews, and specifically Jews who relied on their religious heritage as sons and daughters of Father Abraham for their salvation. So some thought, since I'm a Jew, then I'll be saved, because I'm Abraham's son or daughter. So Abraham was the father of the Jewish people, his family is what became the Jews. So they thought, just because my ancestor is Abraham, then I'll be saved. So John knew that some of these people were coming just to get baptized so that they could be clean enough so that they could get into heaven or whatever, have a relationship with God, or just be clean enough before God. But he said, you can't just get baptized and then keep living the same way that you did before. 
So baptism was fairly common in John's day. It was something that a lot of people did, especially in the Jewish religion. They baptized people. But typically, baptism was for Gentiles. So it was actually for non-Jewish people. They get baptized, and then they would be transferred into the Jewish faith in a sense. They didn't get to say that, uh, or that ethnically they're a Jew, because obviously they weren't. But they got to be part of the faith. But John is taking baptism, and he's applying it to the Jews. So that would have stung for them, because they're used to saying, the Gentiles, they need to get baptized. But we don't need to, because we're Abraham's uh, sons and daughters. So John is, or John's baptism was particularly stinging for them. He's saying, you cannot rely on Abraham to escape God's judgment. He says, Abraham's faith saved him, and your own faith is going to save you, not Abraham's faith. So as we look towards the future of our group, I think this applies pretty well for us. There are students in this room who have grew up in a Christian home. And some of you have relied on your Christian upbringing for your relationship with God. You say, you know, whatever it might be. I grew up in the Catholic Church. My parents go to church. I go to church. I did communion. I got confirmed. So I'm going to be saved. That's not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures teach you have to have your own relationship with God. You have to bear fruit by keeping with repentance. It's not just Catholics, or it's all of us. Some of you grew up in an Assembly God church, like Jocelyn. Some people... Uh, you know, Jocelyn didn't do this, but some people say, oh, my dad's an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God. See, I have a card in my wallet that says ordained minister of Assemblies of God. Well, not ordained. I'm licensed. But anyways, this card, and some kids think, oh, my dad's got a card, so I'm saved. That's not the reality, guys. Each of us are responsible for our own faith. Each of us have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus did not die on the cross just so you can get out of hell free. Jesus died on the cross so you could have a daily intimate relationship with him. Are you prepared to walk in that relationship? Because that's what he calls you to. He's not just calling you to come to Chi Alpha to do your religious ritual. He's not calling you to rely on your Christian upbringing. He's calling you to have an intimate relationship with him. Psalm 51, 17 says this. It says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So God accepts those who come before him broken, those who come before him and they recognize that they cannot do it on their own. They have nothing to offer him. They know that their religious heritage is junk compared to their sinfulness. They know the religious heritage that could not possibly save them. They know that even yesterday's experiences could not save them. So I want to tell you tonight, if you've relied on your Christian upbringing, if that's you, I want to challenge you to have your own relationship and if you didn't rely on your Christian upbringing, but you had a salvation experience here at Chi Alpha, I want to challenge you. Don't rely on, on, or on yesterday's experiences. Don't rely on fall retreat. Don't rely on the fact that you're a small group leader. I don't care what it is. Don't rely on anything other than a daily intimate relationship with God to feel your faith. Do not settle for the experiences of yesterday, but keep pursuing the Lord. Keep believing for more. So this summer is going to be a test for some of you as you head home. Because you relied on this community, and it's good. Like, we need community, so please plug into a community when you go home. But some of you have relied on this community, and you've relied on small group. You've relied on uh, feeling convicted every week and just, you know, raising your hand for the second question, saying, hey, I'm going to do that, which is great. I love it when you guys raise your hands. But you've relied on these things to make yourself feel better. But John's saying, as you head for the summer, bear fruit by keeping with repentance. Bear fruit by having a personal relationship with Jesus. So the second point is this. You may have guessed it. It says, we must rely on a daily or an everyday intimate relationship with God. John is rebuking selfish or selfish religiosity. He's rebuking lukewarm desires. He's saying, if you want to truly be prepared for this Jesus, because that's what he was doing, was preparing the crowd for Jesus, 
If you want to have a relationship with him, then you're going to need to reject everything you've ever known, and you're going to have to chase after him. You're going to need to be committed to this daily relationship. You're going to need to allow your heart to be inflamed and set on fire by the love of God where it causes you to reject everything you've ever known. It causes you to reject your family's heritage, possibly. It causes you to reject your political beliefs. Jesus should inform your political beliefs. Can I get an amen for that one? Jesus needs to inform everything you think. He needs to perform the way you behave. Jesus needs to inform the way you treat other people. Jesus needs to have his way in your life, and Jesus needs to inform your life so much so that if you're brought before the council like John and Peter and Paul and these great, or great mighty men of God were brought before the Jewish council or brought before the Romans, and they say, reject your faith or die, you would say, I'm not going to reject my faith. I'll go to death for that because I really believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Do you have a faith like that? Do you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Because if you do, like your political beliefs, they're not going to matter anymore because Jesus rose from the dead and he should inform everything you believe. Jesus should shape your entire life. Whatever that book says, that should inform your life. John's saying, stop just praying some stupid prayer and then live in the same way you did before. John's saying, bear fruit by keeping with repentance. Be real. Be authentic. Have an actual relationship with God. Do we have that relationship with God? It's our last week of the semester. I'm holding nothing back, guys, because here's the deal. You're going to go home for the summer, and I don't want to lose any of you. And if you don't have a daily intimate relationship with God on your own, then you're going to fall off the map, and I may not see you on August 22nd. So come on, guys. We need to have a daily intimate relationship with Jesus. It says in Luke 3, 8, 9. Let's read it again. Bear fruits and keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, or I grew up in church, or I'm an American. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the, or to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So if you do not bear good fruit, you'll be cut down, thrown into the fire. That doesn't sound like relationship with God. So if you're not bearing spiritual fruit, it's time to have a heart-to-heart with Jesus. This is our last night together. John 15, 5 says this. It says, I'm the vine. This is Jesus talking. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, if you want to bear fruit, if you want to bear the spiritual fruit and not be cut down and thrown into the fire, then you need to abide with me. So what does abide mean? It means to remain. It, It means to be connected to Jesus. You can't be fruitful if you're not connected to Jesus in a daily intimate relationship with him. So bearing fruit means that you're becoming more like Jesus. You're living more righteously. You're having power as you reach out to your friends. They're actually coming to the Lord. If you're wondering why your friends don't come to Jesus, maybe you need to spend more time with Jesus and he'll give you the power and the words to say to help them get to the Lord. We cannot possibly become more like Jesus on our own. We can't muster up enough effort on our own to bear fruit. We can't possibly bear the fruit that Jesus calls us to bear without his help. Because I'm telling you guys, if I was brought before the council, like Peter, John, Paul, these guys that were killed for their faith, if I don't have Jesus helping me, I'm going to reject him. That's just the reality. We're all scared of that. If I don't have Jesus' love inflaming my heart, there's no way in that moment that I'm going to be able to, to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. So be, before we can ever do something for Jesus, we have to be with Jesus. So before you can bear fruit, you have to be with him. We cannot possibly become more like God if we're not being with him. And the beautiful thing, so I've been kind of coming on you, beautiful thing, 
is when you do spend time with Jesus, when you do stay connected to him through daily disciplines, then you can become more like him. You can defeat that sin in your life. You can share the gospel with boldness with your friends. You can bear fruit. You can live the life that Jesus called you to live. You can bend your own ideas to his, which is hard for some of us. I've had to do that, guys. Like, you know, I talk about politics, and I'm not talking about a particular political party. To be completely vulnerable with you, I'm about split down the middle on the parties because I just say, you know, what's Jesus think? I typically vote one way, but I'm pretty split on the particular issues, if I'm honest with you. But I was completely for a party when I started following Jesus. And as I followed Jesus, I said, maybe Jesus isn't just this party. Maybe he's a little bit of this too, okay? So I'm just trying to give you guys some context of what I'm talking about. I don't get to just say, hey, I want to be a Green Party person. I use that because nobody's probably Green Party in here. I don't get to just, besides Tom, I don't get to just say, hey, whatever, (laughs) he has a green shirt on. Uh, I don't get to just say, whatever they say, that's what I'm going to do. No, I say, Jesus, you inform my beliefs. And if he truly informs your beliefs, you're probably not going to fall into one category. And that's not just with politics, that's with anything. You're not just going to fall into these different ideologues and these different ideas. Your beliefs are probably going to be a little bit varied based upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the Bible says. So I'm just giving you some context. I don't want to drop stuff like that without explaining it to you more. So anyways, I wasn't going to talk about politics tonight, but then I mentioned the 2016 election. It just keeps coming to the front of my mind, so forgive me. I don't like to talk about politics from the pulpit. All right, so anyways, three things we can do as we're preparing for summer away from Chi Alpha and as others of you are graduating. Three things, okay? The first thing is this. I want to celebrate what God has done this year, okay? I want to celebrate. But also, I don't want this year to be the ceiling of your experience with God. I don't want this year to be the peak. Like 27, or 2016, 2017, that was the peak of my relationship with God. Instead, what I want is for this to be our floor. Come on. 2016, 2017, that's just the floor. We're going up from here. That's what I believe, guys. This fall, we're going to come out guns blazing, all right? Because we got a lot more people to reach. So don't let this be the ceiling. Let this be our floor, and let's launch off of this. And this summer, don't blow it, okay? You have three months to connect deeper with Jesus. Don't blow it by just watching Netflix, eating cookies. What the heck is up with this? Eating cookies, battery, okay? Eating cookies. I was going to say something else. Not reading your Bible. Don't blow it. Come back this summer ready to go, excited, and passionate about what God wants to do. Okay, second thing, because the battery's going to die. Prioritize time with Jesus and fellow believers this summer, okay? A couple of things. Our daily disciplines, Bible reading, prayer, do that. The senior soldiers do that. I'm telling you to do that. Maybe you should do that. Um, Second thing, connect to a local church. Connect to a Bible study. Whatever you got to do, get in with a community of believers. There's got to be a church in your city or your town of 200 people. There's a church somewhere. They may not believe everything you believe, but at least it's somebody. Plug in, okay? Third thing, don't waste time. Don't go backwards. Get a plan, all right? And then the third thing, that was the third thing under the second thing, all right? The third thing of this is come back this fall ready to go, believing that the best is still yet to come because Jesus is just getting started. We have a lot more work to do, and let's waste zero time getting started this fall. The worship team will come up. Come on, let's go. I'm getting ready. I'm getting excited. Come on. So can someone bring me up the handheld as you're coming, just so, just in case this dies, so I have it ready. Um, all right. So the main idea tonight is this. We cannot rely on, or on yesterday's experiences or our religious rituals, but instead have to have a daily, intimate relationship with God. 
So what a year this has been, guys. What, there's been some amazing experiences or together. Almost everyone in this room, if you've been in our community, you've grown in your faith in one way or the other. Some of you came in here earlier this year and you weren't a follower of Jesus. Or you once followed Jesus, but you walked away. But Jesus transformed your heart this year. And that's amazing. That's what it's all about, guys. When I hear those senior speeches and see how they connected to Jesus or grew in their faith through Chi Alpha, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The seniors coming up here on their senior night and saying, I was going one direction, but then God grabbed me and everything changed. There's people who got my face a little bit, challenged me. We're going to do that here. It's just the way it is. That's the way it was in the early church. They challenged each other. They did not, like Paul and Peter, you'd be surprised. Those two went head to head a couple times. That's what goes on here at Chi Alpha. We challenge you. We're not just going to let you do whatever the world has told you to do and continue doing that because that leads to death. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. That's what Proverbs says. So we're going to challenge you. We're going to push you to grow. We're going to say some things that maybe you don't like, but in the end it's all for your good, as Taylor said. Like Taylor is really pushy when it comes to fall retreat, winter retreat. Like I'm like, girl, better calm down. But uh, it's <laughs> but <laughs> it's because we love you. And here's the thing: I'm going to promise you, if you commit yourself to this community. If you dive in, if you do the things that we're challenging you to do, I promise you, you're going to go grow closer to Jesus. And that's a test that's been proven. We've seen it time and time again. Those that don't grow are the ones that drop out. That's just the reality. The ones that grow are the ones that stick in with it, okay? So I'm just encouraging you guys, if you want to have a story like Michael Bockel, like Emily Bigney's, plug into community. It doesn't have to be Kyle. If you think salt's better for you, I love salt. Their director is amazing. He's an amazing guy. If you want to go connect with salt, I'll bless you as you do that. But the thing is you need to plug into a community, all right? It doesn't have to be Kyle, but I pray it's Kyle because I like hanging out with you, all right? So others of you, kind of went off on a tangent, other, or so others of you came in this year as a devoted follower of Christ, and you've taken ground for the kingdom, you've sacrificed, you've laid down your life for the gospel on the campus, and you've had fruit because of that. And I want to celebrate that. Can we just give God a clap for those students that have just, just laid down their life for us and laid down their lives for other students? Perhaps, though, perhaps there's still some of you tonight that have not gone all in with your relationship with Jesus. And tonight I pray that God's love would inflame your heart that he would move you to repentance, not confession, not just confession. You don't get to just sit in a, hold on, I'm going to turn this on because I'm sick of this. So the way it works at Chi Alpha, no disrespect, we don't get to come sit in a box with me and just say you did something and you're good, okay? I'm not dissing the Catholic Church, that's just the reality. The Bible says confess and reject. So we're going to say you need to reject it too. So I pray tonight, if you have not gone all in, in Catholics, I know we have Catholics in this group. I love the Catholic Church. There's great people. The father over there, I forget his name, great guys. I'm not dissing Catholicism. There's just some things that I would do differently, okay? So I love you guys. Hear my heart when I say that. But tonight I pray this. If you've just been sitting in the box, because some people go in that box and they confess and they reject and they do it the way they should and that's great. God can use that. But others people, or there's other people in this room who you just your whole life, you said, I'm going to confess my sin so I can get into heaven or my, or I feel bad right now. So I'm just going to pray a prayer so I can, you know, feel better for a little while. But then things just keep going the same way. And I would argue that the reason that things keep going the same way is because you haven't truly resolved in your heart that I'm going to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. So tonight I want to challenge you. Let's do whatever it takes. Let's do whatever it takes and go this summer and just go hard after Jesus. 
text us. We'll help you. We'll be there for you. Like, you know, Emily and I, we're not going to disappear this summer. I still have a phone. That's how I communicate with a lot of you anyways. You can text me. You can say, hey, what do you think about this? Can you encourage me? Whatever. We can do FaceTime. That works for you. But I pray that if you have not repented of your sins yet this year, or if you have, but you didn't really mean it, pray tonight that you'd repent. You wouldn't be like the crowd that John talked to. You get to be called a brood of viper. That doesn't really sound good. I don't want to be called a viper. That kind of sucks. All right. So can you stand with me tonight? Jesus did not die just to forgive you of your sins, but he also died so that you can have a relationship with him, a daily, intimate relationship. Seniors, as you look towards your future, and as you look towards your time after Chi Alpha, can I challenge you to make a commitment to always believe that the best is still yet to come? Because with Jesus it is, whether it's in this life or the next. But I want you to believe that the impossible is possible. You've seen hard hearts transform here, and I pray that you would take that back to your communities. Michael, as you go to Des Moines, take it back there. Be the best sound tech for a local church that's ever come there, all right? Believe that the best is still yet to come. Because I hope that's something that this group has encouraged you to believe, that, that there's nothing that's impossible with God. And students, so those of you returning, can you make a commitment that this summer you're not gonna miss a beat, but instead you're gonna dive deeper with Jesus, deeper than ever before, I pray that this fall, August 22nd, I believe it is, Tuesday, August 22nd, in this place, I pray that you'd all be back. I don't want to be texting you or trying to send you a Facebook message, because I will. I don't want to have to do that this fall if I don't see you, all right? Get back here, especially those of you who have just gotten connected like the last couple of weeks. Keep coming. Come back. You know, Ryan Black, he came to the very last service last year, and he's still here, going hard, always right in front, all right? In a few months, we're going to be back together, and we're going to be going hard after God, harder than ever before. Can you pray this summer for us? Can you pray for our group? Can you pray for your own heart, but also pray for our group? Can you pray that God would do something unlike we've ever seen before? Can we pray big prayers? Not small prayers, big prayers. That God wants to touch our freshmen. Can we start praying for our freshmen? Because I'm telling you, their whole world's about to change. You know that, you freshmen, and all the way up through upperclassmen, but... Like when I was a freshman, my whole world changed. Can we pray for them? They need our prayers. And they need you to be ready to receive them when they get here and to love them. And as we said with our mission statement, our mission is to give all 12,000 students an opportunity to respond to the gospel, to become mature followers of Jesus. We don't want just lukewarm followers. We want mature followers of Jesus. So can we make a commitment to trying to see that mission fulfilled on our campus? All 12,000 students get an opportunity to respond the way they respond is their choice. But if they do respond, we're gonna do whatever we can to help them mature in their faith. Let's do this. All right, bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're in this room tonight, if you're honest with yourself, let's be honest, don't fake it. Let's be honest with ourselves tonight. John was pretty clear about just what it means to be a true follower of the Lord. If you're in this room and you have not been following Jesus or you once did, but you walked away, it's our last service. It's not like you can't do it after this, but I think it'd be cool if you did it tonight. So if you haven't given your heart to Jesus or need to make a recommitment, can you raise your hand right now? See that hand? See that hand? Is there anybody else? All right, praise God. You can put your hand down. I'm gonna pray for you really quick. I'm just gonna pray a simple prayer. You pray it in your heart, all right? Just pray in your heart. Just pray a prayer of surrender to Jesus. This is a prayer of repentance. Jesus, tonight we come. 
we confess our sin and we reject it. God, we say we're not gonna give ourselves to that old way anymore. But instead, we're gonna put our faith in you and your sacrifice on the cross. God, we're gonna believe that you really did rise from the dead, Jesus, that, that you defeated death, sin, hell, and the grave. And our lives are gonna change because of that belief. God, we love you so much. We thank you for dying for us. Second group of people tonight, if you don't wanna rely on this year's experiences, if you wanna make this year your floor and not your ceiling, can you raise your hands to heaven? Every hand up if you're, you know what, I'm not even asking you. Every hand up right now, we're gonna go into worship. Just get your hands in the air. Let's do this. Let's sing a song. I'm not going to pray. We're just going to sing. I'm telling you guys, sing with everything you got. It's our last time together this year. Jesus, we love you so much. And God, I really pray. God, I pray with just everything I got that this year would be our floor. God, I pray that you would help us to believe for bigger things this fall. God, I pray that there be students who come to our campus thinking that they're just going to party and do their own thing, but there's going to be some annoying Taylor Quimby or Emily Bickney's or Michael Bockhold who comes and says, hey, you got to come to Chi Alpha. You got to check this group out. And for some reason, they come and they show up. They don't even know why. But they come and that their hearts are inflamed with the love of God and they're changed forever. God, we pray for the freshmen coming in. Their worlds are about to change. God, I pray they would find Chi Alpha somehow and that they would know that, hey, we're not a fraternity, we're not a sorority, but we just love Jesus. So come hang out with us. God, I pray for the freshmen. God, I pray for each student in this room. God, I pray that you would just grow their faith over the summer. God, I pray that they would not settle for yesterday's victories, that they would not settle for yesterday's experiences, but instead they would always believe that you have more for us, that there's deeper to go, that there's more about you to learn. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we thank you for this year. Thank you for every student. God, thank you for all these nights together, just worshiping in your presence. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for being our king. Thank you for being our dad. Thank you for being our friend. You're such a good dad. You're such a good friend. God, we love you so much.